there. Welcome to Humans of Authenticity, and thank you for choosing my podcast. My name is Lily, and I'll be your host. Humans of Authenticity will share many heartfelt conversations with my guests on their stories and how they embrace their authenticity in all forms. Authenticity will be a buzzword unless we pause and reflect on what it means for us, for individuals like you and me. Join me in these conversations. In each episode, my guests will choose a keyword from a selection of 12, which will be used as the theme of the conversation. These keywords change frequently, so you will only hear the same keyword once. Enjoy the episode today. Thank you so much, Mona, for making the time to sit with me today on this podcast episode, Humans of Authenticity. Thank Let's you. start with your story. Could you share three things that you love about yourself with our listener? My name is Monda Land. I am a Michigander from, from birth. And then about 12 years ago, my husband and I quit our jobs and moved to Florida. Part of my story is I absolutely love connecting with people. I moved here without a job. In three months, I had met over 150 people. I was invited to the mayor's inaugural gala. I mean, just moved here. And within two months, I had a job at a global association, the Institute of Internal Auditors. And I came from a a, a statewide association where I was the vice president of professional development at the Michigan Association of Insurance Agents. And so moving into that role was a good change, but I surely, surely enjoyed connecting with people. So I would say the first thing is that I'm a people person. I'm a connector. I love helping people to reach their goals. I've worked in the academic area as well as young professionals, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I really believe that that portion of being able to help people, especially those that are in underrepresented communities, get that exposure and leg up and and allow them to shine is really my sweet spot. Sweet spot. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm so grateful to be a diversity executive leadership program scholar with ASAE, as well as now overseeing the programs. It's just been such a blessing. The second thing that you will know about me if you meet me is that I'm relentless. If I set a goal, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that goal happen, unless I feel like we need to change or adjust that goal. But I work tirelessly. I am a hard worker. A lot of times I'll inspire my teams when I have teams to get things done. And I'm not afraid to be ambitious about a goal and go after that. And I think that portion of my life has really helped me to achieve things that a lot of times you think about, but you don't, you never go after in a goal. And I'm one that I say, it doesn't matter if people are cheering me on. It doesn't matter if people don't think that it's achievable. It will, it's achievable for me and I'm going to go forth and go get it. And so that would be the other thing. And then I would say, um, I am also a, um, I'm very positive. 
So I'm a celebrator. Um, not that I don't recognize when things are bad or things don't go the right way, but if you were to call me, I'm not going to have a negative conversation. If you bring up something that is negative, I'm going to try to look on the bright side. I'm going to try to, to figure out a, a solution because obviously if you're bringing me a problem, you just don't want to dump it on me. So you want a solution for me. So I'm going to give you one. So those would be my th three things that really emulate me. I think my Christian faith goes with that positivity. You'll see throughout my life and the things that I do, I'm really trying to inspire, encourage, motivate, help others to reach their best and become all they can be. Because I believe that this world is so much better when we all are able to achieve and reach our God-given dreams and de destinies and purposes. So that's me. That's Monda. <laughs> Thanks, Wanda. I really love the positivity that you bring to any occasion that we are together. I love the energy around you. And even at the moment through a Zoom screen, I can still see that energy is um, exposed towards oh. me. I really love that. Um, Thank you. What I find interesting in your example and experience here is the part about not afraid to be ambitious. And I like how you choose the word not afraid. And this is with the label of being a woman of color in a today workforce. A lot of the time I feel that I'm not going to be able to achieve to such high positions because either I'm not good enough or I'm not fit in the societal defined stereotype of that sort of positions. So my question to unpack that is when we are setting goals, how can we keep a balance between being realistic and being too ambitious? So what's our reality checkpoint for us? I love that. And actually, I've just been reading a book on goal. It's not about goals, but it's kind of about goals. And it's a book by Mark Victor Hansen, a couple of books. I kind of went down the rabbit hole on him. One of the things that he says is that write out your goals, write too many goals. And this is something that a lot of times people will say, I want to write a goal. And then they think about the goal and they think, oh, well, how can I scale it down so it's realistic? But that's not what a goal is for. I mean, you know, the phrase shoot for the stars, you know, shoot for the moon, at least you'll reach the stars or whatever the case is. You have to set a goal that is going to inspire you to action and be big enough for you to be consumed in. Because here's the deal, here's the truth of the matter is, we never find out who we really are until we give all that we can. And if we don't give all that we can in something, then we're not going to get to where we need to be. And start setting a realistic goal is saying, okay, I'm gonna save $100 from every paycheck. You know you can save $100 from every paycheck. You just put it aside. But when you say, okay, I'm going to save one whole paycheck. Well, how am I going to do that? Then your mind gets thinking. You get creative. You start to put in juices. You have to do some extra work. That's the type of goal setting we need to do. And that's ambitious. And that gets you into the courageous realm. See, this is where all of us, can be more correct. If you're talking about your career, here's the deal. I told my girlfriend this one time. There was a position open at my job and I said, hey, 
you should apply for this position. She looked at the position description and she goes, I don't think I can do all of these things. And I said, here's the deal. I thought that you could do this job easily. And here's the deal. You don't take it. I can guarantee you they're going to get someone in here that is underqualified in this role. So either you're going to go for it or you're not. And I just referred her. I didn't do anything else with the interview process, didn't talk to anybody and come to find out she got that job easy. The HR person was like, you are the best person for this position. You need to get in this role. And she thrived. She was there for years um, and thrived in the role because she was courageous enough to go for it. A lot of times what we'll do, and even in our performance evaluations or even in our goals and objectives, we'll say, okay, well, I'm going to reach 10 sales if you're in sales or whatever, 10 sales by the end of the year. When you know if you could really stretch yourself, you might want to put down 12 or 15, but you want to put down 12 so it doesn't look bad on your performance evaluation. Then at <laughs> September, you're at nine and then you're just loafing for a little bit. But if you were to stretch yourself and you were to say, you know what, I'm going to put down 15. And even if you didn't reach 15, say you reached 12, you can articulate how you made more growth, how you made more connections. And then I can guarantee you that things are going to set up for you that even if you didn't make it, you may exceed it the next year. So I think sometimes we're too scared about what might happen if we don't reach a goal versus saying, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to do what I can do and make it happen. And the other thing I would say too, is if you don't, and you're like, well, Monda, I don't really care. <laughs> and that is the true thing. Sometimes you just don't really care. Well, then maybe you're not in the right career. And so you need to right size yourself to the right uh, profession and not in, in the sense of association management, which is my profession. I absolutely love association management. I believe that there's so many options in my career. Should be getting to this point. I started in nonprofits. Actually, I started in legislative. I did consulting out of college. Excuse me. And then I went right into, I was a chief of staff for a, a Michigan House of Representatives. And then I left politics and got into nonprofit membership. So I've been in government relations, membership for the foundation, you know, operations, academic relations, diversity, inclusion. There's so many areas within an order of finance, there's so many areas within associations that you can get in that I wouldn't say that you need to leave association management. You just need to find the right fit for you. And when you find that fit, that's where you'll say, okay, this is where I want to shine. This is what my capabilities are, or this is where I need to improve, but I like what I'm doing. So I know that was a long answer to your question, but that's why I think you need to be ambitious in your goals and courageous in attempting your goals. I use this journal called the success journal and I write um, 101 goals. And literally this morning, I'm thinking this is getting close to the end of the month. I need to um, write some goals, not only for October, but look at my goals for the year, rewrite some goals. Where am I? I've got fourth quarter goals coming up. There's so much you can do in, you know, for a, in a quarter of a year. If you just push yourself, if you just try, I like K-dramas, but don't watch a ton. Put the K-dramas to the side for a minute and finish your goals so that you can achieve what you want. Because at the other side of that, we'll get into my word, 
at the other side of that is you feeling fulfilled and accomplished. And that's where the happiness comes from. That's the sweet spot. That's your happiness. I love that. And what you share reminds me a lot on how mindset and perspective can shape our thinking and our behavior. Just unpack a little bit on that either being realistic or being ambitious. That's all about mindset and that's all about different perspective that we we see it. Yes. Um, you also remind me of the other way of thinking about setting goals is the difference between strategy and tactics. Mm-hmm. One is that long-term vision. That's the goal what inspires us to wake up. Whereas, and the other one will be the day-to-day things that we are doing to get to that ambitions. That's give me that confidence to be able to push boundaries and to tell me that it's okay to be ambitious I just need to work through it and put a plan together so I'm loving this it's I'm true. inspired I, by it yeah I agree V I think that your mindset is key because if you don't have the belief system that things are possible you won't even set the goal you will think like well, this is all I can do. Even if I encourage you, like I encourage my friend, if she at the end of the day did not believe in herself enough to apply for the position, there's nothing I could do. There's nothing you could do. So how do you get your belief system up? You've got to get around the right environment. You've got to get a motivational environment. I know a lot of people like to listen to motivational things in the morning. I usually do some kind of message, either my pastor or another inspirational leader. A lot of people like Eric Thomas or some kind of motivational thing that you can get on YouTube. You've got to get your environment the right in the right manner. Um, People say affirmations and I believe in affirmations. Um, Affirmations are great, but you have to say them until you believe them and say them like you believe them. Because if you're just saying, you know, I'm a CEO or I'm an association executive and you don't believe it, then you're not going to be propelled to do anything towards that affirmation. Your mindset Mm. is so key in that. You've got to have the proper mindset. You've got to have the right environment. You've got to have the right um, connections, people around you. That's why I say I'm a celebrant. I was on a webinar yesterday with Greg Fine. He's an association uh, leader as well. He said, my goal was to be CEO by the time I was 40. He reached at 41. If he came to me when he was 20 um, and said, Monda, I'm going to be CEO or 35. I'm just make that 35 and said, I'm going to be CEO one day and I want to do it before I'm 40. I would say, okay, I think that's a great goal. His goal has absolutely nothing to do with me and what I want to do. A lot of times we don't want to help people is because we get a little competitive jealousy in us. But mm. what are they like, you know, thousands and thousands of associations, thousands of thousands and opportunities. This world is not scarce. This world is abundant. And if we just think about our life and our lane, there is no lane that is for us that anyone can stop. So me being a celebrator and helping others will never hurt anything. It will only actually help me because if I do goods for somebody else, then somebody else is going to do good for me. So, you know, my whole thing is never be afraid to share your dream. But just make sure you're sharing your dream with the people that will celebrate you or be able to take you up 
or give you the constructive criticism to make the adjustments needed. And that's caring too, to make the adjustments needed in order to reach your goals and dreams. This is really cool. I'm learning as I'm having this interview with, you know, amazing people like you. I slowly identify two main elements that set you guys apart. The first one is you guys are really aware of your core values and hold strong to it. The second element to it is that you guys manage to be able to build a very supportive and strong network around you so that you can thrive in. And I think that's the beauty of the association industry because that gives us supportive environment and, and that's on reflection of the Dell program, mm -hmm. that supportive environments and support and the cheering network. And as soon as we step into that, hold on to our core values, that's where we can shine. I completely agree with you. This industry is really abundant, abundant for individuals like that. Absolutely. And that is true. I think that's so true because the, the ASAE DELT program is unique in that it creates a community or it has a community of people that are all ambitious. So you talk about your environment. It, they're all ambitious. They all are in this association management field, whether that be consulting, CEO, events, professionals, marketing professionals, it, it can run the gamut, but they are all in this industry and they all want everyone to succeed. And so it's not like you will never go for a job and maybe there's another Delper that's also going for the job, but collectively we know we can rise, we can rise the tide and all our boats are going to swim together. ASAE has been so strategic in investing in the association professionals so that they can shine. Because a lot yeah. of times if you're in a position within an organization, you might not have the resources in order to go to the annual meeting or to um, apply for the CAE. You have to set aside your own dollars. But through a program like DELT, you're getting those access to the programs and the resources. You're also getting this community of cheerleaders and people that will give you the, the, the cr criticism that you need in order to strengthen your weaknesses so that you can achieve that next level. I, I'm just so grateful to be a part of that community. And, you know, if shameless plug, I'm a Delper. So please go and check on ASAE's website and, and learn about the Diversity Executive Leadership Program. It's, it's a phenomenal program. Agree. And this is the conversation from one Delper to another Delper. So it's a good opportunity to embrace it. And I think this is a good cue for us to get to the next part of our podcast episode. I provided you with a list of 12 keywords to choose from. Which word did you select? I chose happiness. <laughs> what, what is such such a nice feeling word? So in the context of authenticity, how do you interpret happiness? Authentic, being authentic, I think is really about you becoming and being confident in yourself and in the things that you desire to achieve and do. And within you being comfortable with yourself is a sense of peace that resides and deep down in that residue of that peace is happiness. 
a, a lot of times people will think happy and they will think of something far away. Happiness is not something far away. Happiness is what resides on the inside of you. But a lot of times you cloud in happiness by the things that you do that make you feel ashamed or, or hurtful or you said something wrong and that clouds your happiness. But when you sit down and you say, this is who I am. This is what I like to do. This is what I'm good at. And I celebrate that. Then you have a sense of not only confidence, but you have a sense of happiness. And that's what it's, it's truly all about. If you think about the career, your career, your life, your trajectory, a lot of times we can feel like I'll be happy when I reach my goal. But at the, the true sense of the word and the true sense of being happy is being content and being happy where you are right now. That doesn't mean that you won't reach your goals. That doesn't mean that you won't be there. Happiness is not something that's fleeting. You don't chase it. You go after a goal, but you always need to be happy. And that happiness comes from contentment and gratitude of where you are right now. And this is where I was really excited when you select this word, but there was just so much going on in my head because being happy, appreciate happiness is often easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned before, things will happen as life happens, situation will cloud your happiness. Will you be willing to share an example of how something that clouds your happiness? Can we go specific on <laughs> what happened and more importantly, how you were able to get out of that situation to really see that happiness already inside you? I would say my personal example and part of the reason, and I'll get to why I chose the word um, through this example would be personally, my um, husband and I, we've been married for 22 years, I think probably for 12, 14, 15 of them, we've been wanting to have a family. So it wasn't right away. Um, through that, over the years, we've progressed, we've had jobs, we've increased our careers, we set those goals, we've got into association management, got into DELP. We've tried, and, and I, I'm very open on social media, so people can see this. We've tried several things, infertility treatments, things like that. And I can remember we were at the ASAE virtual meeting. So that had to be 2020, 2021. I don't remember. Lakeisha Woods came up to me and we were talking about career and talking about whatever the case was. And she adopted maybe a year ago or not too long ago. She said, well, what's going on? What's next for you? It wasn't about a career that was next for me. Because I was doing consulting at the time I left from being a chief member engagement officer. And I said, well, this is what I want next. I want to have a family. I want to have a child. How is that going to happen? So we went through, like I said, fertility. We went through infertility treatments and all of that. And it came to a point where I just had to say and had to get at peace with, okay, this is what I want. How is this going to happen? You know, what avenue is this going to happen? And we just decided we were going to adopt. And once we decided and made that decision, we had so much peace. We were at peace with the decision. And we ended up 
connecting with an adoption agency, having a home study, we went through the process and we actually had a failed adoption. So a failed adoption is when the birth mother makes other plans and then you, you're not able to adopt the child. That really set me back. But it, like I said, in life, you have to just put the goal out there and go for it regardless of what happens. Um, unless something happens that you make a decision, you have peace with changing that goal, keep going for the goal. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I just like the next day kept going. I literally grieved that experience. I can talk about it now, but years ago, I couldn't talk about it. I grieved it for probably about a year. Then I said, okay, we're going to get back on track. We're going to go through this. And the, the thing about it is that I knew that I was happy regardless. I knew that the goal was going to come. And I was hopeful that the goal would happen and believe that the goal will happen. I was content. The thing is, you don't want to be un discontented with where you are. So I was just okay. I took the actions necessary in order for me to get to, to the, the goal of having a child. So long story short, one day, you know, someone asked me what's going on. And I said, you know, yeah, I'm going to do something with this. And the next day, literally, I saw an opportunity applied. I missed the deadline. The adoption agency said, call back in three hours and said, hey, the birth mother wants you to do it. It was such a, a wonderful fit. And one of the things that we always confessed is that our child would bring joy into our life. We would have happy days. We would have a family. We would have a happy baby. And from birth, my daughter, Hannah, is a very, very happy baby. This is my first child. I had no frame of reference. I didn't really have a lot of younger cousins or anything like that. So I didn't really have much of a frame of reference, but people would say, oh my gosh, she's a happy baby. Oh my gosh, she is such a good baby. She sleeps through the night. What? Oh, this is you. You guys are doing really well. She's not a picky eater. Genius. What? Oh, wow. This is great. And so it, it realizing that goal made us go from not only happiness, but also joy. And that joy that we have really just as something that I'm very grateful for because it's the exuding happiness. It, well, and let me finish the story. My daughter just turned one a couple months ago. We had a literary thing birthday. She loves reading books. Well, she doesn't read them, but us reading the book to her. And so we had someone from the library come do story time. And as a gift, I wanted to give everyone a book. So this was an idea that came to me probably two months before her birthday. And I literally made it happen. In two months, we wrote a book, got it illustrated. And it's just about her life. And it's about her being happy. And the thing about it is that as a kid, she is happy about everything in life. And I learned something from that, that if we just take the time to appreciate the things in our life, and recognize that those things can make us happy and that there's joy in eating a meal and you know getting it everywhere but <laughs> eating the meal there's joy in playing outside there's joy in clapping your hands and playing with your friends or playing with your dolls if we would go back to our child a childlike self 
and say, you know what? I've got joy. I'm so grateful that V invited me to this podcast and that I've got joy in this, that my story can help inspire somebody else. And maybe they can find happiness in what they're doing. You don't have to wait to be happy. You can be happy right now. So and that's the whole thought and the whole purpose behind our book to inspire not only children, but adults to be happy in their life. So yes, her book, I've got it right here, is I Am Happy by Hannah Land. And this is actually her. I took pictures and gave it to the illustrator, but just so very grateful that she's in our life and that we were able to accomplish the goal. It was at the perfect time, the perfect child the perfect relationship with the birth mother, everything. So, you know, even though it was longer than I thought it would be, the road was a little bit more tumultuous than I thought it would be. We're very grateful and very happy for where we are and even the road because I can help others now, even though things didn't turn out perfectly. If they would have, that would have been a good story too. But now I'm able to share my story and help others that may be going through that as well. So that's happiness. And that, and my daughter makes me happy and it makes us happy every single day. Um, let's take a very quick detour. Do you want to put a plug in and let our listener know if they want to get a copy of your book? Are they able to do so? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So you can get a copy of Hannah's book. I am happy on Amazon and you can go to hannahishappy.com and you can see the links on there. You can see some inside pictures, the real pictures and the illustrations as well. We also have a happiness affirmation that you can download as well. Just go to hannahishappy.com or you can search on Amazon. I am happy by Hannah Sealand. Thank you. <laughs> that's really nice and i'll put that in the show notes um, oh thank you so it's easier for our listeners to click through throughout your story i love how you eventually allure to a sense of peace along the way i appreciate it because that sense of peace will keep us calm mm-hmm. it will give us clarity and the headspace to get ourselves out of whatever clouding our head and get us pumped up and confidence again for the next step. I really love That's true. the very clear building block and mechanism you put in to deal with different situations. We all know that as we navigate the up and downs of lives, various factors can influence our emotions and the overall happiness. So let's take a step up and think about strategy what strategy can we employ to regain our sense of happiness and emotional balance as daily life happens to us? Well, I like what you said there is when you are, sometimes if you're going through a situation, you become frontal lobe. You're not thinking clearly because you have all these pressures, all these situations and chaos going on around you or internally, externally that cloud your judgment. In order to be happy, you really have to, like you said, have a place of calm, have a place of peace, have a place of contentment. One of the things that everyone could do in order to get to where they need to be is journalize. And I can't say that I'm an excellent journaler, I'm not, but I see the value and I'm on the road to being a more excellent journaler. People that are 
tend to be more introverted, a really good journaler. Um, I'm more of an extroverted person, uh, but I do value being by myself. That's kind of a weird thing. But when you journalize, you have an opportunity to process your thoughts, process your ideas, and collectively determine which ones should be elevated and which ones should be suppressed. And I think as a leader or an aspiring leader, I think that skill and that practice can take you so far. You can write down what's going on, the situation. And then if you flip the script or flip the page, you can write down and script what you want the outcome to be, how you want the situation to be. And really your position, if you think about the outcome in a positive manner, then it will give you the words to say, the things to do that will help you reach that positive outcome. A lot of times, because we have so many things going on and we're looking at this problem, that problem, this is making me feel this way or that way. If you're focusing on all of that, you can't focus on more than one thing. I was reading a book and they were talking about a guy on an airplane and, and met another person. They, oh, they experienced really bad turbulence. And they were having a very good conversation. And they said, you know, the brain can't focus on more than one thing at a time. So let's focus on solving this problem. And we won't be worrying about the turbulence that's happening on the airplane. And so just like I was saying, if you start to focus on the good and, and solving the problem the way you want the outcome to come, then you're going to get that positive result. I would say the secret sauce is getting out a journal. It doesn't have to be a, a fancy journal. It could be a couple pieces of paper, but get out a journal that speaks to you and allows you to write and you love writing in it and start to write down what are your dreams, your goals, your what's going on with you and create a win list. Part of the reason why we don't have as much confidence and we don't have as much happiness is because we get clouded by what's going on that may be negative because negative things kind of stand out more than positive. But if you look through your day like Hannah did and said, hey, this was a good, this was win, this was awesome. Then if you go back through that list and you start looking like, oh, today this happened. Oh, today that happened. Oh, Friday that happened. You know what? You're going to be in a better mood and you're going to feel like, no, I'm not a failure. I don't do things wrong. Actually, I do, I do do some good stuff, seems like every day. And it may be small. You think, oh, well, it's not that big. It will make a big difference in what you do. I mean, if you think about your job, sometimes the little things like how you have interpersonal communication with somebody, somebody's not agreeing with you. If you can figure out how to do that, you can figure out how to mitigate that situation and connect with them. And it turns out well, that's a win, but sometimes we don't even chalk it up. We just let it go and then we'll forget about it. No, that's a win you need to write down. I am a good communicator. I know how to have crucial conversations. That's the type of stuff that happiness is born out of. It's not perfection. Happiness is not perfection. Happiness is contentment and knowing that you are winning in life. That reminds me of three things, first of all, a lot of good saying along the line of happiness is not the destination, but the journey. So we need to enjoy every step of the way. The second thing about your strategy is that 
it's a lot about the reflection time through all of the experience you've been through, through journaling and all of that. For me, I find that reflection is one of top-notch, the best learning um, technique um, out there. Can I put a plug um, in real quick? Of course, yeah. So one of the things that um, I've been so proud to work with the ASAE on is a, a new program called ReadyMe. And the, the concept of ReadyMe is kind of what you just said. What research found is that in order to succeed in a career and to be a C-suite leader, technical skills are important, but they're not as important as your soft skills, your essential skill development. So how do you develop these essential skills? You do that through a deep understanding of yourself. And that is introspective learning, which is essentially journalizing, having concepts and, and being exposed to concepts, and then you reflecting on it, and then you being able to apply it. And that's what ReadyMe does. I don't really know if there's a program like this out there, and it's kind of like a sleeper. I know it's in beta, and we're, we're relaunching it really soon, but it really helps a person to be able to, to gain more knowledge about themselves. And then as it applies to various leadership competencies, and so that they can then apply those, meet with a mentor, these awesome association professionals, and then expose their network. And then in a sense, give them an opportunity to utilize that on a larger scale within their organizations, because that's where most promotions will come from, or either other opportunities that they may be able to take elsewhere. But they've gained that confidence, that knowledge, that happiness through that introspective learning that they get through the ReadyMe program. So there's no right or wrong answer in the program. You go through, you get these concepts and you have to think about it, reflect, write in your journals, your notebooks on the screen. I love that. And I don't think we do enough of it. I think the technical yeah. skills are pushed. Go to this meeting, learn this. But, and that's good. That's not a problem. The thing that sets people up for success is that when something hits them, how do they respond? You can't yeah. knock me down because at the end of the day, I know that I'm never defeated. One of my mantras, there's always a way out. It's never too late. If a door closes, that door wasn't meant for me, another door will open. That's relent I'm relentless because it's a core value, but you get a core value because you actually know yourself. And if you yep. take the time to think about who you are, where you want to go, what makes you good, if a door closes, I'm all right with it. That's fine. You don't get a job. That's fine. Another job is going to open. And that it goes back to the, the, the thing I was saying before. The world is abundant. We don't have to feel like this is the one and only job for me. There are thousands of us. I think there's like 750,000 association professionals. There's thousands of associations, thousands of jobs. Your career path is for you. And through that introspective learning is where you're going to get that, that girth that you need in order to be and achieve what you want to achieve. Agree. Yeah. Also on that introspective learning, as we journaling on a regular basis, that I think how we can identify the patterns in our behavior mm -hmm. and then being able to separate our core values and area that we can improve and work on unless we documented them. There's no way for us to recollect all of that. 
And the so other thing that I really love about your strategies is not down the achievement. I'm really bad at that, I'll be <laughs> honest. And when I put the, the Dell application together, I was struggling because there was a questions about what I have done or something along the line of achievement. And I was struggling to find that because in our culture, we were taught to do our work, be humble, and our achievement will speak for itself rather than us self-promoting our achievement. So having said that, through the Dell program, I've learned of the good new forms, hand out the best way for me to remind myself I'm actually pretty good. It gives me joy when you talk about that introspective and achievements. And I this is we- another good thing for you to articulate. This podcast is going to change lives and, and it continued to do so. And the fact that you even started it, you followed a, a, a thought and a dream and you went for it. And so I applaud you for that. I mean, I think more people need to articulate their wins. And it's easy for you to see people that are on LinkedIn all the time. I got this award. I got that award. I'm doing this. And it's easy. I'm the great celebrator. And you think, oh, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't get any awards. But you do have contributions that you have made that if you change one life, you can make a ripple impact on thousands of lives. And so I, I would never want people to feel like, because they didn't get an award or they weren't, you know, 40 under 40 or whoever the case is, this, you know, winner, that they're not making an impact. I would encourage all of us, myself included, to do a better job of articulating those wins. When it does come time to apply for or apply for an award, you won't feel like I'm not qualified. I'm not there yet. No, you can just say, you know what? Look what all I did. This was the impact that I made. And even if you don't get the award, even if you don't get into Delp your first time, keep applying, do it again, go for it because your impact is important. We're all making an impact. We're all contributing to the profession, whatever your profession is, we're all making an impact. I just think sometimes we are our own worst enemy. (laughs) We're correct. Correct. Yes. We're awesome, but we're not believing that we're awesome. And so we wait for others to tell us that we're awesome. We don't have to wait for others. Keep your own Mm. win list and tell yourself you're awesome every day. Whether that means I made the bed today for a whole week. I remember when I went to the gym for five days in a row, I think I told 20 people, you know, I made it to the gym five days in a row. You're awesome. (laughs) I'm awesome. That's a win. That's such a win. So, you know, yes, I agree with what, a hundred percent with what you said. And you are awesome, Dee. We are awesome. I'm loving this conversation. So let's change our gear. So we've done a lot about reflection, introspective, through the story that you tell. Now I'd love to know what's next for you in the coming 12 months. Ah, In the coming 12 months. Well, one of the things I did not say is that I'm an entrepreneur. I am a a person that always uh, believe in multiple streams of income. My girlfriend says it this way. One income is too close to none. (laughs) One is too close to none. So I really, I really believe in um, helping others. And I believe that all of us have skills, abilities, knowledge, uh, talent that can help others. 
And I have a few things. I want to, of course, promote my daughter's book because I think that's important. I'm expanding that brand. I'm helping my clients really achieve and, and succeed in their goals. Next year, we'll have a new Delp class. So unpacking that. And then I've got goals for my daughter. Can you believe it? I've got goals for what I want her to experience. So unpacking that after in 12 months, I want her to experience some great things to just help her with her learning and development. My husband and I, we have goals. We've got some trips and vacations. I'm excited about my husband and dad going to Italy for the first time. I've been to Italy, but they're going to go. So excited about that and just learning. I always have learning goals. I'm always looking at ways that I can promote and expand and reach my personal professional goals. But really it's setting up those systems and those things that I want to in my products and, and courses so that I can have all my income streams continuing to kick. And really the income streams are the byproduct of you helping others. So it's more about impact, supporting and helping others than it is about the resources. But I think the resources are a byproduct of how much I'm helping others. But the other front, I'm very focused on supporting the underrepresented community in my current role with ASAE and helping them with their conscious inclusion efforts. There's so much we can do to support association professionals in this space of diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility. And so really getting and digging into that and really growing some of the awesome programs like ReadyMe, which really will help those in underrepresented communities as well. And just being a support and a resource and an encourager to those that are looking to where they want to go and looking to that next level and being that connector so that I can help those, everyone reach where they want to go in that next phase of their life. So that's me. That's a lot in the coming 12 months. And I started hearing that you were putting a system to support you to achieve all of that. So my question is, where does happiness fit in that system so that you can achieve those goals at the same time, keep your authentic self in that journey? Yes, that's a good point. I think uh, for me, I look at each segment of my life, each compartment, and I say, what is it that will really make me happy in this situation? And there are some things that come top of mind. Those are the things that I definitely want to achieve and get done. So for instance, one of the things that I just did was I wanted to make sure being in Florida that um, my daughter was safe in the water. So we just went through the swim lessons and we did swim survival. She can now float on her back and she can all do that. So if I'm looking at that segment of my life, and making sure that what makes me happy within my relationship with my daughter and being a good parent, that was what came top of mind. So that was the focus that I wanted to achieve. I think for everybody, you look at your life and it's always work-life integration. And there's so many areas or segments that you want to make sure what's top of mind. You can't do everything all the time, but you can do what is top of mind. So if you say for your marriage, you want to focus on making sure that you have a fabulous vacation next year, then you set the plan in place 
you get the system in place so you can have that goal actualized by the time it comes. Because a lot of times I tell people, one of my courses that I have is I love travel. You can travel anywhere. So I tell people the reason that they don't travel, I have friends, they have money, they have resources, but they don't take a vacation because they don't focus on it. They have all these other things that they have to do, but they don't focus on where they want to go. If you focus on where you want to go, on what your thing is, then you will achieve it. And that doesn't mean you have to focus on it every day, but it does mean I have a vision board sitting um, here at my desk and I see, you know, the celebrity cruise. I've got the itinerary up there. So it's keeping it top of mind for me that I want to achieve that. It's not, I've written a goal and I forget about it. Happiness is me, me being happy where I am or content where I am and then working towards where I want to go. I don't Love know it. if I answered that question, but that was a, <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> Love it. The intention of that question is really to see through the theme as well as a plug on how we can embrace our authenticity regardless of the busyness of life and the right. busyness of your 12 months coming. Yes. We are really getting to the end of the episode. One last question for you. And this is completely thinking outside of the box. So I'm hoping you're having fun with this question. If you were to win a world-class prestigious award, so you can think about the award at a scale of Oscar or Nobel Prize. Don't have to be those. What award would you receive? And for what skill or what elements of your story? Uh, I would say the award that I would receive would be called the superpower award, (laughs) which would be what is your superpower that you not only what is it, but you utilize your superpower for the greater good and for an impact. And I would say at the end of the day, my superpower is my ability to connect and help others to reach their goals and dreams. And it is truly a selflessness that I want to help you reach your goal. And I enter into agreement that you reach your goal, if it's a goal for good, of course. The result of the award that I would achieve would be the impact that I've made. There's no greater joy and no greater happiness that I feel when someone says, you know what, thank you for helping me with X, Y, Z. That to me is just the epitome of recognition, happiness, contentment for doing what I could do to make you shine. And Mm -hmm. to be able to receive an award like that, it, it would only humble me because it would just be humbling, but it would also be an opportunity for me to Um, be grateful that I was able to use my God-given ability to be able to help others. I can think about, for instance, I know someone that had an audacious goal of being, and I say audacious because it was, of being recognized by the President of the United States. I didn't know the President of the United States at the time, and this is probably 20 some years ago, but I navigated and connected and contacted and made things happen and was able to get them presidential recognition. Did I get the presidential recognition? No, but I got them the presidential recognition and that made me so happy. So to get a superpower award because I made others happy, 
would be the epitome, the epitome of success for me. I would just be overjoyed. And so I'm grateful to accept this award for whomever I'm going to help in the future. <laughs> That's really a restore our faith in humanities. What I love about this is, you know, here we are have a situation where you can shine of being you and you use that as an opportunity to share the spotlight with others and make impact and that ripple impact on others. Yeah. And that's just an, an amazing way to end the podcast. Thank you well, so thank much you. for your time. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. That's it for today's episode. Drop your thoughts in the comment section. I'd love to hear your take on the chosen keyword. Have a lovely time and thank you again for spending time with humans of authenticity. Until next time.